The Merry Beggars at Relevant Radio present Episode 20, The Pawn Shop. They scarcely seemed to enter the city, for the city rather seemed to spring up about them and encompass them of its own act. But there they were, in the heart of it, on the London Exchange, amongst the merchants. The spirit stopped beside one little knot of businessmen. Observing that the phantom's hand was pointed to them, Scrooge advanced to listen to their talk. Did you hear, Hal? The notice doesn't detail that, and I didn't hear any particulars. No, I don't know much about it either way. I only know he's dead. Uh, When did he die? Last night, I believe. Why, what was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die. Oh, God knows. What has he done with his money? I haven't heard. Left it to his company, perhaps. He hasn't left it to me, that's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's likely to be a very cheap funeral, for upon my life I don't know of anybody to go to it. Suppose we make up a party and volunteer. I don't mind going if a lunch is provided. But I must be fed if I make one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am the most disinterested among you, after all, for I never wear black gloves and I never eat lunch. But I'll offer to go if anybody else will. When I come to think of it, I'm not at all sure that I wasn't his most particular friend, for we used to stop and speak whenever we met. Anyhow... I must be off. Bye now. Hello. Good day to you both. Speakers and listeners strolled away and mixed with other groups. Scrooge knew the men and looked towards the spirit for an explanation. He received none. The phantom glided on into a street. Its finger pointed to two persons meeting. Scrooge listened again, thinking that the explanation might lie here. He knew these men also perfectly. They were men of business, very wealthy, and of great importance. He had made a point of always standing well in their esteem. In a business point of view, that is. Strictly in a business point of view. Good day, sir. How are you? How are you? Well, old Scratch has got his own at last, eh? So I am told. Cold, isn't it? Mm, seasonable for Christmas time. You're not a skater, I suppose? No, no. Something else to think of. Good morning! Not another word. That was their meeting, their conversation, and their parting. Scrooge was at first inclined to be surprised that the spirit should attach importance to conversations apparently so trivial. But feeling assured that they must have some hidden purpose, he set himself to consider what it was likely to be. They could scarcely be supposed to have any bearing on the death of Jacob, his old partner, for that was past. And this ghost province was the future, nor could he think of anyone immediately connected with himself to whom he could apply them. But nothing doubting that to whomsoever they applied, they had some latent moral for his own improvement, he resolved to treasure up every word he heard and everything he saw, and especially to observe the shadow of himself when it appeared. For he had an expectation that the conduct of his future self would give him the clue he missed, and would render the solution of these riddles easy. I do not know the import of these conversations, nor what moral I should learn. But lead on, and I will bear you company. 
Ooh, this, uh, this is my accustomed corner in the exchange, isn't it? He looked about in that very place for his own image. But another man stood in his accustomed corner, and though the clock pointed to his usual time of day for being there, he saw no likeness of himself among the multitudes that poured into the porch. It gave him little surprise, however, for he had been revolving in his mind a change of life, and thought and hoped he saw in his newborn resolutions carried out in this. Quiet and dark, beside him stood the phantom, with its outstretched hand. When he roused himself from his thoughtful quest, he fancied from the turn of the hand and its situation in reference to himself that the unseen eyes were looking at him keenly. It made him shudder and feel very cold. They left the busy scene and went into an obscure part of the town where Scrooge had never penetrated before, although he recognized its situation and its bad repute. The ways were foul and narrow, the shops and houses wretched, the people half-naked, drunken, slipshod, ugly. <coughs> Alleys and archways, like so many cesspools, disgorged their offenses of smell and dirt and life upon the straggling streets, and the whole quarter reeked with crime, with filth and misery. Far into this den of infamous resort, the phantom stopped in front of a low-browed, beetling shop. Below a penthouse roof were iron, old rags, bottles, bones, and greasy offal were brought. Its finger pointed to the door. You are halting, spirit. Your finger points towards that tattered curtain. Must I enter there? I shall do so if you command, for I know that your purpose is to aid me. Upon the floor within were piled up heaps of rusty keys, nails, chains, hinges, files, scales, weights and refuse iron of all kinds. Secrets that few would like to scrutinize were bred and hidden in mountains of unseemly rags, masses of corrupted fat and sepulchres of bones. Sitting in among the wares he dealt in, by a charcoal stove made of old bricks, was old Joe, a grey-haired rascal nearly seventy years of age, who had screened himself from the cold air without by a frowsy curtaining of miscellaneous tatters, hung upon a line, and smoked his pipe in all the luxury of calm retirement. Spirit, I know not what you wish me to observe. My likeness has not been seen. I only wish that... Scrooge was interrupted in his pleas to the phantom by a woman with a heavy bundle who slunk into the shop. Hello there, Joe. Fancy seeing you here, eh? Been a time or two since we last met. Did you... Well, now, who's this? What's this? What's this? Hello. <laughs> Strange company you're keeping these days, old Joe. <laughs> <laughs> company? What do you mean, company? Oh, oh, you you oh, 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 you you oh, come now, this lot you of you. you. Come now, what are you all? saying Thank you, dear listener, for joining us as we listen to Mr. Charles Dickens read A Christmas Carol on the Christmas Eve right after it was published in 1843. Tune in tomorrow to hear Mr. Dickens read the next installment. We'll all be eagerly awaiting your return to the Royal Victoria Theatre. Have a blessed Advent and a happy Christmas, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Do you want to hear more stories that bring joy to your family? Go to themerrybeggars.com and click Donate. There's a link in the description to make it easy. 
Your donations make all our future shows possible. And if you're enjoying this show, help other families discover The Merry Beggars by leaving a review and sharing this podcast. It really helps. God bless everyone. Come back tomorrow to TheMerryBeggars.com to hear episode 21 of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was adapted for radio by Peter Atkinson and Buzz McLaughlin. The narrator was performed by Peter Atkinson. Charles Dickens was Zubin Painter Eddington. Ebenezer Scrooge was Scott Lynch Giddings. Charwoman was Sarah Simmons. Mrs. Dilber was Anita Silvert. Old Joe was Stephen Lee Rich. The Undertaker was Alan Ball. The Gentlemen were performed by Maurice J. McNicholas, Peter Atkinson, and Stephen Lee Rich. Wealthy Men were performed by Sean Proctor and Josh Kahn. Sound design by Teresa Ambot and Kevin Conroy. Sound engineering by Kevin Conroy. Casting and production was by Peter Atkinson and Michaela Elise Fox. Singing was provided by the Lincolnshire Relevant Radio staff, the Choir of St. Peter's in Volo, and the Merry Beggars Ensemble. The Merry Beggars is the entertainment division of Relevant Radio, bringing Christ to the world through the media.